Welcome to the Tell Me Something Good podcast, your weekly dose of something inspiring, something entertaining, and something good. We're your hosts, Brett Cortell and Paolo, and together, we want to help you take your life way beyond the ordinary. So lean in, listen up, and let us inspire you. Okay. Welcome to, oh, you just spoke <laughs> over me. Welcome to episode three. It's not even episode three, it's episode two of the Tell Me Something Good podcast. Um, just adjust the levels. I'm not even going to edit this out. This is how we're going to roll. Episode two, what are we talking about today? Second this, acts. Uh, obviously, we're off to a, a roaring two, start here. So episode two, second acts. Yes, we're talking Was about that second acts. Did you, <laughs> did, you do, did you do that deliberately? Do what deliberately? Do the second act thing on the second episode. No, I didn't actually. Okay. Genius. A stable genius. Yep. Although by the sounds of it so far, we're not so stable. No. It's it's been a week. Expand on second acts just for anyone that would not get what what you mean by that. Um, So this is a subject that I've always found really interesting. And it's basically the idea that we don't have to have one story or one act our whole lives. A lot of times, I think growing up, at least when I grew up, the message was kind of, you know, you go to school, you graduate, you do the thing and you do the thing for your whole life. But the truth of the matter is that Paolo's getting... It does my nutting. It does. It does what? Does my nutting. What the heck? What in the world does that mean? You're going to need to break down, we need to unpack what you just said. Nut is a head. Oh, Okay. That's, nuts, that, I don't think that's an English term. Nuts is something else. We've got a singular nut as your head. Okay. It's an English term. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, does my head, it does my head in that there's this, pre, you know, you, you, you grow up and you're told, you know, you're going to know what you're going to do when you're 18, go to school for it, and then do it for the rest of your life. Obviously, I haven't subscribed to that. Um, and I do not expect my children to, to go that route either. I, I don't think it's a healthy way of living. You get people who just live miserably, they have a ton of money, they're depressed, suicidal, on tons of drugs and medication to numb the pain. And we're going to talk more about this. Yeah. You, I didn't realize you had so no, many it, like, deep no, feelings. No, this, yeah, this is a real, real thing for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good. But on a more positive note. Yes. We're starting a, a little thing of each week one of us will bring something good to start us off with. So my something good today, and this was actually perfect timing, that I happened to listen to a song that was released today, when we're recording this episode, by Meek Mill and Justin Timberlake. And the song is called Believe. And the, basically, the, the, the essence of the song is, no matter what you say, I still believe in myself, and I'm going to make it. You know, the, you know one of the lyrics in the, in the hook is, you can break my body, you can't knock the soul of a man down. Lock mm. the soul of a man down. You know? That's good. I like it. You know? And one of my favorite lyrics from it was, if I can just find it, my bank account, it was on super zero. Ain't never panic. I'm a superhero. You know? So going a bit more deep with that, mm. you know, that I, there was a time to, not this past year, so 2018, December 31st, I opened the gym. My partner and I didn't pay ourselves for about six months. And that was probably a bad decision. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's led me then to a lot of debt, uh, put me in a bit of a precarious position. And I remember there was one, it was December 31st. So every three months you get the, um, your quarterly royalty statements from music. 
from the Performing Rights Society. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a bit of money. It's going to be fine. I remember I, I got the statement. It was like 50 cents, like something terrible. Oof. Like, I remember I had my little kid. My oldest was sleeping with me in the time. There's another long story to that, that I couldn't have my baby sleeping with me for a while. Um, and I remember just start, I was crying and I was holding him. And I was crying and thinking, oh, my God, like this is this, this is rough. But again, just don't stop believing in yourself and, you know, you always turn the corner and you, you don't have to worry about anything. And that kind of leads us on to the second act that you're never stuck in the hole that you've dug for yourself. You can always climb out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm a little out of breath after that if you want to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how did you have the courage to kind of, in that moment, how did you have the courage to keep going instead of saying, okay, you know what? Like... I can't do this. The gym isn't happening. I need to go, you know, make well, you money know, it, immediately. It's something that, um, that Gary Vee talks about a lot that, you know, this, he's like, he says he's a walking juxtaposition. I'm the, I'm the same way. Like I'm incredibly insecure and doubt myself a lot. But at the same time, I believe in myself that if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. And I have the patience to see it out. So I really just take inspiration from um, others that have walked that trail. And something I've realized, listening to a lot of like self-help um, and business coaching kind of podcasts, you realize that everybody that's made it has been through a really rock bottom struggle. I mean, look mm -hmm. at someone like The Rock. You know, he always talks about he had $7 in his pocket. Right. Nothing, nowhere to turn. And look what he's built for himself. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about more, you know, our inspirations a little bit later on. But that's where I... I kind of just pull from that and just say, you know, if they can do it, I can do it too. Mm, I love that. You know? And do you know why The Rock sleeps under a magazine? A what? He sleeps under a magazine. Under a magazine? Do you know why? What do you mean he sleeps under a magazine? He sleeps under a magazine because the paper covers rock. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. I thought there was something like deep and no. spiritual about that. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. It's just a good joke, basically. <sighs> no, but I love that. I love that story. And if you guys are interested, um, we will put a link in the show notes to that song. Yes. And I think it's really fun to hear um, sort of the meaning behind it. And yeah. again, the beauty of music. We all have our different interpretations of songs and yeah, definitely. what they mean to us. Mm -hmm. So shall we get into Let's it? Get into Let's it. get into it. Second acts. Um, what we wanted to talk about first, we're each going to talk a little bit about our own second acts, if you mm -hmm. will, in life, or maybe we could just say shifts. And then we are going to talk about somebody who inspires us both that's had a second act. So I will go first, go ahead. if that works. And just a little background. I went to college and did pretty well in college, got a really good job right out of school. And when I went to college, I graduated in 98. So that was a time when the economy was booming. That's when I started high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're a baby. We get it. Mm -hmm. So anyway. No, not even high school. I was 11 in 98. Ugh. So that's high school in England. But continue, continue. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to share no, more no, about no, no. your ahead. youth? Go ahead. Okay. So where was I? I Got a really graduated good job. from college in 98 
got a very good job. It was a time when the economy was booming, as I was saying. And at that time, people didn't move back home after they graduated. It, that was not, that was not a thing at all. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't the norm. How people, times have changed. It's, yeah. You don't have a choice now. You have to. Right. Now it's, you know, very accepted and normal. But I think back then everybody got jobs, moved out, you know, and it also could have been the school I went to. That was just my, my worldview at the time. So took a job. I had two majors in college. I majored in French. I majored in economics. I loved French. I hated economics more than life, but I did it because I just really had blinders on and was kind of, you know, just had this conditioning that I placed on myself that I had to go and make money. And I didn't put a lot of thought into what I actually loved and where my heart was versus making money. So I got a great offer, went to a company called Anderson Consulting, which is now known as Accenture. Um, It had kind of a spectacular implosion. Well, not implosion, but they just, they had to change their whole name and rebrand. Um, but one of the, you know, at the time, and I, I'd say it still is, is one of the one of the best consulting companies in the world, really. And I immediately was at the bottom of the totem pole. So you go from college where you are, you know, you just think you're the shit, basically, when you're a senior. Um and then all of a sudden you're on the bottom of the totem pole. And I was at the bottom on, you know, in a very competitive company and I was thrown into a role coding. You coded? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did not go well. <laughs> did not go well. The atmosphere was horrible, borderline like abusive. Um, but I did it because I was really young. I wanted to support myself. I was being paid a great salary. And it meant something to me to kind of start saving and build this nest egg. And I stuck with it for a couple years and then shifted into magazine publishing, where I went into a you know project management type role for um, magazines like InStyle, Time Magazine. And I liked that role a lot better. That This isn't my second act yet. This is still corporate America. I liked that role a lot better when I went to Time Inc., which is now defunct, which Mm -hmm. is unbelievable to me. Never would have imagined that the company would go out of business um, or be taken over. But so I just, my heart was never in it. And the whole time I was kind of earning money, which was great. I was able to, you know, move into New York City and support myself. And that felt very empowering and very good. But I just was never completely satisfied because there was a whole side of me, a creative side of me, and, you know, just sort of really a creative side of me that didn't want to be in an office and didn't want to be doing what I was doing. But I did it for a long time. Um, and I ended up, I was at Timing for about 10 years, and then I got pregnant with my first son. At this point, we had moved out of the city. And, um, I basically, after I had him, I went back and it was kind of, we were thinking like it was a possibility that I would maybe go part-time and I went back and I was miserable, like beyond miserable. It just, I just broke something inside me, just snapped and I couldn't do it anymore. And they, I asked to work from home on Fridays and they said, absolutely not. (laughs) And I was basically like, we're done. And so at that point, I went freelance with another company for a little bit and eventually ended up 
transitioning into stay-at-home mom. And that was a huge, it just was such a huge transition for me. Um, you know, we bought our first house on both of our salaries and our savings. We worked so hard to save that money. Um, we had nothing when we bought our house. We were we were house poor for so long. Oh, yeah. Um, it was crazy. But I'm still really, really proud of what I contributed. And I'm proud, you know, we still have my 401k and all that. But at the same time, you know, I, I definitely wasn't following my heart for a long time. And I became a stay-at-home mom, which was great and a totally new role for me. And since that point, you know, I could detail every other little shift. You know, I've had a a lot of different shifts since then. Um, But that's kind of where my interest in health and wellness was born. It's where I did not grow up in a family where, you know, being an entrepreneur was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I grew up in a different time. You know, the internet wasn't there. So, you know, it just doesn't, it wasn't as glamorized as it is today. So that's kind of when my interest in all that was born. And I'm just so glad that I made the shift. But it wasn't easy. And I think that one of the things I really never, I never realized is that Sorry about that. One of the things I never realized is that there's so many different phases to life. So where I was in my early 20s in terms of my mindset and my career is so different than where I am today. Well, so if you could speak to Brett, 22, 23 years old, yeah, what would you tell her now? Would you, would you recommend going the same path? Career, I'm talking career-wise. Obviously, you know, you still want to have the family and all that. But like, would you or would you say, you know what, follow your heart now. Don't worry about money. I think I would say follow your heart. You know, right. I it's tough, right? Because living in New York City at that age was kind of the best. It was just awesome, right. you know. And I'm still, I, I'm hooked into, I'm definitely hooked into the money thing as a source of pride, which is kind of a story and that's like a whole different subject, right? So I think if I didn't have the attachment to making money like that, it would have been easier for me, mm-hmm. right? But like in my heart, yes, in my heart, I think I would say, you know, go to France and teach French or really like do the work mm-hmm. to figure out why you feel so uneasy and why, you know, this isn't like fulfilling you. Because that's what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me. But it was sort of the image of everything I thought I would be. Yeah. There was an image of in my head of who I thought I would be, and it was somebody in an office in a boardroom around a table. It wasn't off doing my own thing, you know, yeah. like what I'm doing right now, which I love, but that wasn't the image I grew up with that I thought I'd be doing. And what were some of the things that um, made it difficult making that transition? Was it like worrying that people were going to judge you because you weren't, you know, working anymore or, you know, what were some of the stigmas that you had? I think it was, yes, it was, it was that it was also, you know, I mean, it's such a specific time of life when you have really young kids like that Mm -hmm. and the days are long, (laughs) really long. And we were lucky enough to have some help. And I just am so grateful that I had that. But I remember, you know, when, when Nate was a baby, 
I went from being very independent and letting, you know, my husband kind of, he wouldn't really hear from me that much during the day because I was doing my yeah. thing. I went from that to like calling him at three and being like, when are you coming home? <laughs> I'm sorry, when? <laughs> He'd be like, it's three o'clock. I don't know. And I was like, not, not good enough. I'm going to need you home at like five. <laughs> um, and that was hard, you know, also not earning money anymore was tough. And I think to this day, it's still challenging for me. Well, here's why I will counter with that. Um, and I th- this is something I think a lot of um, couples with children struggle with or just getting their heads around. Like, even though one of the, one of the partners in the relationship isn't contributing financially, the fact that they're taking all of that stress off the person who makes the money mm-hmm. to allow them to make the money mm-hmm. they you know more than half of that salary they're making is attributed to the fact that you're allowing them to do it by taking all of that stress off of them you know so i would i would encourage anybody who has that doubt because for that reason just think about that like you, right you might make 50 to 100,000 on your own but you may allow your partner to go off and make 2 300,000 that they wouldn't be able to make if they had to be home every night to make dinner and put the kids to bed that, you know, if, if you, if you weren't doing that for them. Yes. I think that's a million percent true. And I, I know that, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's not when you're in a corporate job, it's not easy, Mm -hmm. but you also have validation. You have validation often, even if it's the worst job ever, you do still have some validation. You're with people all day. And to go from that to, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, it's it's tough. You don't have, there's no one there. There's no one there saying, you know, great job, or you could do a little better here, or, you know, it's just kind of constant right. um, giving of yourself. And that was a big transition for me. Yeah. But... I'm really glad I did it. You know, stepping off, stepping away from a corporate, stepping off of the corporate ladder. I am so glad I did it. You know, I just knew in my heart it wasn't right for me. And I I will not, you know, hopefully, I'm I'm also, you know, so grateful that I was in a position to do it and still am. But um, yeah, I'm just so glad I did it. Yeah. Well, and you, but you also get the validation now from your clients and their successes, and even the small successes. You know, you don't get any better satisfaction than that. Yes, and now I'm I'm in a role where I am starting to generate my own thing with yeah. the, with the health and wellness coaching with this podcast, and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I can do that is because my kids are getting a little bit older. Yeah, and yes, and that feels great. So it's almost like now I'm in, you know, a little bit of like a third act. But again, I'm shifting, right? There was the newborn mom version of me. There was the corporate version. There was the newborn mom. And now there's, you know, I'm getting to kind of get back to myself after the crazy first few years. I'm kind of coming back to, oh, like, who am I? You know, and it's important to me because I don't want, um, I don't want like, 15, 20 years to go by and be like, oh, my kids are out of the house and I, I literally have no idea who I am yeah. right now and I have nothing to do. You yeah. know, that's my worst fear right now. It really is. Well, I mean, that actually leads perfectly into my, you know, what my second act is. Um, it's not really a career thing at all because I know just from who I am, I'm always going to be doing music. You know, there's going to be times in my life when I don't do anything and then the, like right now I'm really ramping up to do a, a big project this year. Um, I'm always going to be in the fitness industry, 
then that's never going to change. I love helping people and changing people's lives that much. So like, I, I always know this and if there's an opportunity to, to, you know, start this business or that business, I'm always open to it. I'm always all ears for it. So in terms of acts, I don't really think it's going to be a business thing because I've never had a, I've never had a corporate job. Yeah, like never, I've, I've always had to wake up without a paycheck. Like I have to go and make money. So I don't think that's going to change. But my second act was just that, um, you know, I was on, I realized a while back and it was, you know, the divorce thing was a mutual decision, but I realized I was like, I'd lost myself. I'd started down this path, marriage, kids. And I was like, oh my God, who am I? Mm. And I look at pictures now from just two, two years ago. I'm like, oh my God, who the fuck is that? Like I had my hair, how I didn't really want to have it dressed. How I didn't want to dress kind of acted how I didn't want to act because I was trying to fit into this role of, you know, whoever I was supposed to be. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to get out of this. You know, and I've essentially pressed the reset button on my life. Um, and it coincided with, you know, meeting, meeting my girlfriend now who, you know, knock on wood, you know, things are going to continue on a good path with. So, you know, what really scared me at the time was like, one, the well, here's the thing, right? So the, the juxtaposition thing again. One one half of me doesn't really care what anyone says or thinks. You know, I can block it out, like, long term. But then, you know, on the micro side of it, it's like, you care if someone says something about you or or whatever. So that, that kind of was a big, um, not deterrent, but it was kind of a, a scary thing to, to worry about. But, yeah, I mean, that's, my second act is that. And it was just, you know... I kind of considered myself at the time brave for doing it because it was like everyone's going to see me as the bad guy because I'm the guy in the relationship. Um, but it is what it is. And I think that you should never, no matter when, and that was the thing too. I didn't want to wake up 15, 20 years later and be like, oh my God, I've wasted my life because I was supposed to stay here for the kids or supposed to stay here for that reason. I, I just couldn't do it. So I had to, had to press pause and then reset you know who who was it that you thought you were supposed to be like how have you shifted from that guy to this guy um i think a lot of it was down to like the actual relationship i was in which is what caught you know obviously ended in divorce um but i was I, like i just kind of lost not that i have you know i missed a call but like i'd lost my, a little bit of my swagger i wasn't you know I wasn't really performing music. And if you actually watch performances of me pre-divorce and after divorce, you can see a huge difference. Like I, I look confident again. I just kind of lost that confidence. How? Like how did that happen? Because I became so-and-so's husband and so-and-so's dad. I wasn't mm. Paolo. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is that they become, yeah. you know, this person's husband, wife, this person, this kid's uh, mother, father, and they're not, you know, they're not them. Right, you're me. What? Right. So that was, you know, you have to find you have to find things that are just for you and not not for anyone else. You know, and that's kind of what my second act is. Is you know, I'm essentially a, a stay-at-home working parent mm -hmm. um, that has a business. So it's it's a hectic life, but I still find stuff like my music, like doing this, that is for me. And I think some, you know, people need to take stock of what their life is about right now and realize, do I want to be doing 
this amount of you know time at the office when I could carve out a little bit of time for myself. And I see all the time in fitness too. Like people say, I don't have time to work out. So you can't find 20 minutes in your day to just do it for you, you know? Well, don't you think that's about priority? Yeah, it is. It is. But then it's, you know, a lot of it is down to society's perception of what your priority should be, um, you know? I mean, I, I know people that have judged mothers for taking their kids, leaving them at childcare at a gym and then going and working out. They're like, oh, well, she's a sure. stay-at-home mom. Why is she doing that? Of course. Because she wants to work out? Like, yeah, and, and needs a, a yeah have you tried being a like stay-at-home parent it's fucking hard yeah it's very hard you know it's the hardest job that's the hardest job there is yeah. without a doubt you know it's, and so someone um that used to be close to me i can't really say too much about it but wrote this little hit piece about me um you know and it, one of the things was you know he's failed at every career he's started enlisted music real estate and um personal training personal training i found funny because i've been doing it for mm-hmm. 10 years in this country and i'm doing okay it's been my living but i was like failed i haven't fucking started yet mm-hmm. i'm 33 i haven't started yet mm-hmm. you know and i think a lot of people put too much emphasis on all right in my 20s i gotta do this in my 30s i gotta do this well, when i'm 40s 50s story. yeah yeah um and, and it, it goes back to kids and how they're raised and brought up to think like i I'm putting zero pressure on my kids to go to college. I don't give a fuck if they go to college or not. If it's for something they need to go for, then by all means go. But if not, go and, go and train in the field you want to be in and just do it. You know? Don't get yourself into debt and, and all this just to have a piece of paper. Because you ask anybody what their degree... I mean, I've your degree was French economics? Yeah. I didn't know that because you just said it. And we talked about it, but like... It's not the sort of thing you introduce yourself at a party and say, hi, my name is Paolo and I have a degree in music production. No, you I mean, know? I had a lot of ego around it yeah. in my 20s. <clears throat> but <clears throat> if anything, I think, I mean, I, econom- I, I shun anything. To this yeah. day, I have like PTSD now when it comes to <laughs> any kind of economics. Probably too much. I, I, I could do with a little bit more financial education at this point. But I'm more proud of the French, you know, the thing I never really used yeah yeah so i mean the my big thing is it's something i I talk to people on a a one-to-one personal basis all the time is just like don't be scared to just be you and if that means you quit what you're doing and start a completely different chapter in your life then do it you know don't don't stay don't stand still and live to your 80 90 and sit there i wish i did this i wish i did that one of the interesting things about what you're saying, too, is the story where you had the gym, you know, you were trying to start the gym, you didn't take a salary. Yeah. I do think it, it pay, you know, this idea that at this point it's so antiquated that, you know, we can only do one thing. Yeah. I think that's where the key is, right? Because a lot of people would say, well, that, that sounds great, but, you know, I can't quit my corporate job because I'm the breadwinner yes. or, you know take your pick but there's nothing stopping you from following your dream in a different way right like with your music you're not getting a salary to make your music you're doing it for the love of it and you can do it while you are earning an income you have all these other things going and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of the time we live in is that you know everything is accessible and 
if you want to pursue your interest, you can do it. Are you going to maybe miss out on a little sleep? Probably. Are you going to, you know, need to do it at five in the morning? Probably. Sometimes. But if you really love it and if you're really interested in it, then why not? Because your second act could become your life. Yeah. And I I forget what the saying is exactly, but it's almost like you should sacrifice for what you want, but you shouldn't suffer. And I, I definitely suffered and I would, I would, if I could re- redo it all again, I would have done it a little differently. But you have, you, sometimes you do have to sacrifice, and again, it becomes what you prioritize. Like, is, your, is starting your second act really that important to you, that you're willing to sacrifice, you know, a couple of trips you make, you would usually make a year, so you could set that money aside and support yourself while you, um, you know, while you build up whatever you're trying to build up? Or, you know, is it, is going through the battle of a divorce worth it for you to you know to get out and start your life again some people don't and i think it's sad but some people don't feel it's worth it they don't want the financial and emotional stress of it a lot of people yeah a lot of people yeah and i that's something i mean i don't think people understand what i've i mean it's still going on but what exactly i've been going through i don't talk about it that much but it's a fucking mind the stress of it is unreal. Like, yeah. you know, and to try and do that while you're also living your life, it's tough, but it's worth it because yeah. you get to start fresh. And this two shot, like you will get through it. Yeah. You will. Yeah. And, and it's just that's taking a long time. Yeah. But that, and, and that's where I, you know, I draw my inspiration from people that, you know, I'll look at people, even someone like you, who's okay. You, you were in this path in life and then you stopped and went another way. And that's looking to people like that is, it's, what gives me the courage to do it, mm. you know? Um, I think people judge themselves too much and try and be too perfect to, to try that kind of thing. You know, just look to others around you that have done it. Yeah. And you'll, you'll find the strength for it. Yep. I think that's really true. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I also think that there's people who, Part of this is knowing yourself and just being intuitive. And, you know, for whatever, so I don't know how, I mean, how do you know yourself so well that you had the courage to do that and not just sort of ignore that little voice in your head that was like, this is not, this isn't right, this isn't right, I can't do this. I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know. It just is a case of um, knowing what makes you happy. I think, Mm -hmm. and then not letting anything get in the way of that. Yeah. You know, and I've had relationships before where they essentially was like me or music. I was like, music, bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. You know, it wasn't quite that that harsh, but that was what it was. It was like, you know, what do you want? I said, well, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. If you're Mm -hmm. not willing to be on that journey with me, then all right, Mm -hmm. I'll find someone that is. So you've had practice with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think for me, I I had that voice for a long time and I just sort of was trying to, I just was trying to ignore it Yeah. for a really long time um, until finally I just hit a breaking point, you know, like sobbing in Penn Station every day and, you know, and realizing too, oh, you know what it was too? I read that book, um, The Secret. <laughs> You know, I've never read that. I've, ha- I've, ha- I've been I given like three book. copies of it. I've never read it. I read it. It's all about manifestation. Um, 
but it really kind of cracked something open for me and it that book partially gave me the courage to be like okay you know what it's it's gonna be okay because that, that's part of it too I think you have to have the courage and the belief that it is going to be okay yeah you're gonna come out the other side well and you know something that just just came to mind that I think I've always been scarred with the fact I didn't give my all with soccer when I was <clears throat> younger like I I'm not saying I could have been a Premier League player, but I know I could have been, I could have made a living from it in a lower league at least. But I chose, I think I got burnt out yeah. and I chose being a teenager over putting the work in for it. Well, that's a whole and I, subject. And I think that's always been in the back of my mind. Like you're not going to, you're not going to fuck up this time. Mm, that's you know? interesting. And so just, it's kind of, you know, my girlfriend tells me I'm stubborn all the time, but I'm, you know, I've just preferred to say I'm determined. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. You are. You definitely are. I'd say that's a defining yeah. characteristic of you. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about who inspires us? Who's had a second yeah. act that inspires you, you us? Yeah, you go ahead with your... So mine, I have so many. This was hard for me to pick one. I have so many. Uh, men and women, mostly women though. But the one I'm going to choose is a little bit, uh, a little bit, I guess you could say unconventional because she's been around for a while, but she still just really inspires me. It's Ina Garten. Do you know who she is? You probably don't. No. Okay. So she is like a personality. She's a food personality. So she's come up with a ton of cookbooks okay. and things. And she, she basically, um, she's a little bit older. I'd say she's in her sixties now. And she ended up really, really smart woman. And she lived in D.C. with her husband around when they first got married. And she always had this interest in entertaining and cooking and things. And she literally was like a nuclear physicist in D.C. working for the government. And ended up going to the Hamptons on, I think, just a vacation. I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes. Her whole story is everywhere online. But went to the Hamptons, went to this little, great little like gourmet store catering store fell in love with it and had this idea like what if I bought this place what if I just gave everything up and bought this place she had no experience in catering nothing and her husband who her husband's name is Jeffrey he's like a they're just very cute they're, mm-hmm. they have a great marriage he supported her and they did it they moved to the Hamptons you know and this was a long time ago so the Hamptons was not what it is today but she bought this place and she ended up building a very, very successful catering business, coming up with, you know, several of like the best selling cookbooks, maybe not of all time, but up there, her own cooking line, her own cooking show on the Food Network. And she built all that herself, just with the courage of her conviction. Mm-hmm. And she also decided, she made a point, um, sort of when her career was at its height to not like sell out. So she could have, you know, she could have had more shows. She could have put her name on everything and she decided not to because that's not why she was in it. And I also really respect that. Um, So she's still, you know, doing her thing. I don't know. I'm She had a cookbook come out last year. She's still writing, but I just really respect the courage that she had 
and to just make a total shift and follow her heart, right? Like, can you imagine the conditioning she must have had? Her, her oh, yeah. parents were intellectuals. She was always, you know, she was never encouraged to do anything creative. I just can't imagine. And this was, you know, this is, I think, in the 70s. So the courage to kind of just follow her heart and make such a, mm-hmm. a pivot, I think, is so admirable. These days, you hear these kind of stories a little bit more often because I really believe that the internet has opened up so many more opportunities to do this. Oh, but yeah. there was none of that at this time. So, yeah. yeah. That's... Did you have more? That's that, it. No, that's it? my... I'm just going to... Yeah, I have a lot. I think the one that really... The one that sticks out right now is... Um, and I don't necessarily think he was the nicest of people, um, Steve Jobs. Mm, but right. just how... It's a great one. You know, you look at what... Apple was become and the fact that you know nearly went out of business a few times Mm -hmm. Microsoft had to bail it out he got fired then got brought back in Mm -hmm. and then to become what it is you know that is inspiring to me just in the sense that even when it seems like it's over it's not over now you can you can and you can become the best you know there's no limits to what you can do if you just stick with your vision and sometimes your vision might change. You know, what did they start out doing? Making computers. And what, what's their biggest selling product now? A phone. That's right. You know, so if you're agile with the market, and that's why I'm, what I was saying about like my second act or third act, fourth act, you know, is business, you, can, you just have to be agile with life. Like you might get thrown an opportunity that is just too good to miss. You know, mm-hmm. something that you're passionate about. Like you may be, even though you're, you know, you're doing your wellness thing now, you might be thrown a, a great opportunity to teach French and you brush up on your language and then you go and do it. But that's hard for me. Like even just thinking about that, I'm like, ugh, right? Because I'm very hooked into the wellness thing now. So even just thinking mm-hmm. about shifting, I, like, just for me, that's, that's tough. I have trouble yeah, with that. I really funny. do. I really do. I'm not great at like pivoting and turning on a dime yeah. or even turning slowly. <laughs> I'm very like... I guess just sort of routine oriented and following a certain path. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's a good one. And you know, I just thought of somebody neither of us mentioned huh. Gary V. Well, yeah, that was an obvious I mean, one though. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. His is so, I mean, but he's so like, it's yeah. so inspiring. Yeah. It really is. Well, and you know, I, I worry that we're, we're going to end up referencing him so much, but I know, it's, ridiculous. it's hard not to, because he, he is such we a pioneer, him. but we should tell he, you, can you say, not everybody may be familiar with who he is and what Well, Gary Vaynerchuk, so he, um, you know, I definitely recommend listening to his podcast, the Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, well, it's Gary V Audio Experience. Gary V Show, yeah. Yeah, but he, you know, started in his parents' wine store, you know, built that up from, I think it was a $3 million to a $60 million company and then started his own social media company off the back of that. There's a lot of stuff in between. Um, but he, you know... A lot of what we're saying now, he preaches. Um, and and it, it's not that we've taken it from him, it's just that we happen to agree with it. But he's, he's a, a reason I had the, one of the reasons I had the courage to, to make the changes I made because it was just hearing that, you know, he always says a lot like, I'll give you, I'm giving you permission to do it. Mm. Don't worry about getting permission from anyone else. I'm telling you you can do it. You know, and just, just hearing that sometimes. Like with the divorce thing, I remember I took my mom out for lunch. I talked to my dad on the phone about how, you know, things weren't going well, blah, blah, blah. And this is where my head was at. This is what we were thinking. Um, I remember taking my mom out for for dinner to tell her, and I was really scared about telling her. 
just because I was worried she'd be disappointed. But she was like, you know, it's really sad, but, you know, I'm always going to love you and just do what you have to do. You know, so surround yourself with people that are honest with you, but also lift you up. You know, that's one thing I've always done in life is I cut people out who try and hold me down, including if you were married to me. You know? Yeah. I think um, just getting back to Gary V, it's just so amazing. I mean, I vividly remember. So I remember when he was wine guy mm -hmm. on YouTube. And yeah. that just seemed so wacky. <laughs> it's crazy to think about now. It really is. But I vividly remember being like, oh my God, like, well, you he's know what's so funny weird. About that? What is he doing? And YouTube? I like, first moved, when I first moved here, I would go to the wine library and I'd also watch wine library TV because I was really getting into wine. And I never associated the two things. L really? Literally never. And then one day I was in the store and they had wine library TV bags in there. I was like, in my, it's really stupid. I was like, he's upstairs. No, oh in my, my mind, I'm like, well, that's really smart to cross market like that. And then I was like, wait a minute. And I went home and Google. I was like, oh my, what a fucking idiot. I've been coming here for years. When John and I, when we moved out here, we didn't have kids yet. And, uh, oh my God, we just had, you know, I, it sounds so like decadent now. We just had entire weekends, like free, whatever. Yeah. So we would just go there and eat so much cheese. cheese. Yeah. It would be like, like our thing, like a fun, like, oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I can't go in there and get a Just thinking about it now makes me laugh. But I remember him on YouTube. And then I remember when he made the shift to when he started his um, well, he went quiet media for a company. While. He went quiet for a little while. And then I remember seeing him resurface. And when he started Vanier Media. Yeah, the Daily V show. And I even was thinking then, I was like, what? This is so... Oh, like that's not gonna work. You know, what do I yeah, know? What does I'm, he know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, look at. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. Don't don't trust my opinion yeah. because uh, he really has. Yeah. Turned and it around. so you know, one thing that he he's big on and something I'm I I try to follow myself that you know when people are nasty or belittle your efforts, you know, if they tell if you tell someone of your plan and they belittle it or try and talk you down from it and think it's stupid. Like, come at it f from an empathetic standpoint and just be like, why are they saying that? Is it mm. because they're jealous and don't want me to succeed in that because they want to do it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the, and that's a lot of the time what it is. So you can't let other people's um, voices get into your head. You know, we have our own voices to deal with. Yeah, God. It's so true. And that's one of my things, too, is, you know, I, my father's an author. He is so creative. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, he spends most of his time like writing and staring into space, coming up with ideas. It is so the coolest thing. But he told me my whole life not to be a writer because you don't make money. And I think he was worried about, you know, I mean, one of the things my parents gave me so many amazing things, but, you know, in terms of um, tools mm -hmm. to use throughout my life, um, not like material objects. <laughs> But um, one of the things is like to be able to support yourself. And I think he always wanted me to be able to independently support myself. And so there's a lot wrapped up in, you know, my just jumping into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of pride there for my parents. You know, they were so proud of me. Yeah. And he was so proud of me. But 
now I'm kind of like, I love writing and I don't, I don't have anywhere near his talent, but, um, you know, just interesting. Yeah. That, and that's something I'm grateful to my parents for. Um, I know my dad had a hard time with it initially, like giving me the space to get into music and not tell me I had to get a job. You know, they supported me both emotionally and financially. And, you know, that's one, you know, I should, I should mention that, you know, one of the reasons I've been able to continue with my, um, my position now in terms of, you know, having gone through all that, I'm still in a bad financial spot, but, you know, I was, I did have support around me financially that helped prop me up so that, you know, and I do completely understand there is not always that option. You don't always have people around you to help you. And I haven't, like I would say, like John and I haven't had that. Right. We've never, you know, our parents gave us the gift of amazing education. Yeah. And then they were kind of like, okay, yeah. it's up to you guys now. And they've always been that way. And I, you know, I, that was part of it for me too. It was like, well, you want to live in the city? Then Yeah. you got to make money. Like. Yeah, so that, you know, having said all of what we've said, there is the, the real side to it where, you know, what I just, what I said earlier about, you know, you sacrifice for what you want, but don't suffer for it. True. And, you know, I'm speaking from experience there, you know, it, although it will be worth it in the long run, I, abs- I have absolutely no doubt that everything is going to work out in my favor, but it is very, very difficult to do it and you have to have the stomach for it. Yes. You really do. A lot of people don't. It's nice to think about being an entrepreneur. It's nice to think you can do these things, but you have to be real and have, it's it's funny. I'm kind of talking, talking against everything we've just said, but like you, you have to be self-aware enough to know that it is a very tough, I know people that don't have the stomach to, to change paths and do something on their own, but that doesn't mean you can't then move into a new job in a field working for someone else that you want to be in. It doesn't have to be this, you know, a lot of people think that you have to start your own business. You don't have to do that. Or do your own thing while, you know, if you've got a corporate job, do your own thing on the side, like we're talking about, right? Just do it at night or, you know, and if you decide that you really love it, gradually build it. Um, I think that's the best way these days to do it. And, you know, if there's one message that I could end with, it would just be... Um, taking the time to intuitively, you know, we're going to talk about intuition a lot because I'm, that's sort of the center of my whole Mm -hmm. practice, but really taking the time to understand who you are and what you want, what brings Mm -hmm. you joy and what kind of situation you could persevere in when all the cards are down. Yeah. And that takes a lot of Mm self-reflection. It really takes knowing yourself. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and my my thing is just don't think that you can't have a second act. And if you do start the second act, it's okay to have a third and a fourth and a fifth. Mm-hmm. There, you know, life is a, a long, it's a long slog. That's and, right. You know, while what you might have a great decade, you're gonna have you might have a shit decade afterwards. You know, we don't know yeah, what's gonna happen. Probably will. <laughs> we don't know. You know, a lot of people. You know, think about what happened in two thousand eight. A lot of people with money. I had stories of people who had these beautiful houses and there was nothing in them. We had just bought our house. We bought our right. house in 2007. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if, you know, John lost his job or, oh, you know. I mean, yeah, looking back, you just, I'm just You just scrambled. don't, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen in life. Yeah. So no, just so take true. each day as it comes and, you know, that's really how you have to do it. Yes, indeed. You know. Mm-hmm. Stay positive. Yes, always. Yeah. Anything else you want to? 
think that's it. That's it. I liked this one. Yeah, good. Good chat. I I apologize. I have a lot of like this in my head. This is kind of like therapy for me. So I apologize if, if I was like verbal diarrhea of I felt myself like losing breath. I was going so so fast. But like you know, it's. But you know what? Here's the deal. You're not the only one. Right. There's no way. There's no way you're the only one mm-hmm. who has these kind of thoughts. I well, that, think well, that's the so fun thing, right? So, you know, go, I keep talking about the divorce, but I've, it was very important to me to know that I had p- people in my life that had been through it too. I had a friend I didn't even know had been divorced, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm very close with her and her husband. I had no idea that she'd been married and divorced before. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Like, life's, life's okay. Like, things way better for you now. And then another friend of mine, he was a client of mine, been through a divorce too it's like you know it's great to have people around you you can turn to and be like oh like they've been through i've been through too right and they're out you know? they're on the other side now yeah exactly which you will be too yeah 100 percent. yeah so we'll uh i was gonna say we'll see you on the other side but that sounds like we're all about to die saying <laughs> <laughs> that cultish things yeah. just got dark yeah so anyway that was episode two do hit us up on instagram what's the app so um it's at Tell me something good show. Mm-hmm. Also, please subscribe. Make sure you subscribe so that you can get uh, updates every week. Looks like we're going to be publishing on Fridays. Looks like it. Looks We've like. been consistent so far. We've been consistent so far. Three, yeah. I don't like to, you know, lock myself in. But. Yeah, no. Well, that's well. We're actually a week ahead. Not to let let you in behind the scenes a little bit. We're ahead. Yes. So we do have some leeway. Yes. But, yeah. And what's your at on Instagram? B Cortel or Brett Cortel? You know, I don't know. I just know I search you and you're there. I mean, it's I go Brett, on my, go on my DMs and you're there. It's Brett Cortell. Brett Cortell. And I'm Paolo Music with a Z, as you reminded me a couple weeks ago. I mean, how could anyone forget that? <laughs> it's it's kind of corny. So. <laughs> exactly. You know why I should change it? That'll be my third act on Instagram. Yes. You know? Do that. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.